Zack Snyder, come in. Uh, excuse me, sir, you didn't call me by my full name. Visionary director Zack Snyder. I, I'm not calling you that. Uh, well, here's my business card. It's very long because of the name. It's like a <laughs> folded out. George Romero wants to do a remake. Uh, of what? Uh, his most famous work, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Okay, so it's got two things that I love. Dead people and Dawns. Is that all it is? I've never seen it. Well, I mean, it. it's a great film, great horror movie, a lot of great themes in it, and such a visionary director such as yourself. Okay, alright, stop. I've got a vision. Alright, alright, I got a vision. Alright, so, there's the zombie, okay? Yeah. Alright, that gets put in an, in an insane asylum only of women, okay? Now, what happens after that is we fetishize the zombies sexy at all and then anytime that they're going to get raped by orderlies or the guy that's head of it they go into this kind of fantasy world where they're fighting other zombies and uh, Nazi warriors Zach, Zach, Zach. what? I'm going to call I it Don of the Smucker Bunch I think we should stick closer to the original don't you think? well how visionary is that? wait I got another vision Okay, alright. So picture this. I got a zombie dressed up as a bat. And I got a zombie dressed up as soups. You know, Superman. <laughs> okay? okay. Alright. And they battle it out to try to blow each other's fucking heads off. Okay? Alright. Then one zombie says, Hey, my mom's Martha. And the other zombie says, my mother too. Boom. Vision. Where? Where's the mall? Where's the? What mall? It's the dawn of the dead. It's very like I envision it. Literally, nothing but tableaus with background music and nothing. Where's the the themes? Where's the the themes. consumerism? I'm a visionary director. I don't need themes. I just need images. I want one of the zombies to come up and go, This is Sparta! And kick a map over. I'm Zack Snyder. I want the guys from Cat Scared Podcast to one day do Dawn of the Dead for me. Well, because I'm a visionary. I'm looking into the future. <laughs> You're in luck. Are we? Because tonight on the Cat Scare Podcast, we're doing 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Cat Scare Podcast. I'm Campbell. I'm Michael. And we're going to talk about 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Ooh, dead, dead. Brains. Brains, Zack Snyder, visionary director. Uh, this movie was a pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was the rotten uh, corpse 
that is still reanimated equivalent of shit. This, fuck you, Zack Snyder. Which, by the way, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. I unfortunately didn't get a chance to watch it, but fuck you, Zack Snyder. I have no issues with Zack Snyder. I don't particularly like his films, but I have no issues against him. What What is your Campbell f- hates yeah. Zack Snyder? What is your favorite Schmack Snyder's movie? Uh, if mean, you had to pick one, it, it would have to be Watchmen. Yeah, I remember Watchmen. That was okay. It, it was okay. Not definitely not near as good as the comic. I love. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, who the, was the writer of the comic? He's really good. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Okay. But I mean, whatever. We'll say Daniel Boone or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, um, okay. So, so yes, Watchmen was good. But this is why I hate Zack. I'm glad you brought up Watchmen. This is why I hate visionary director Zack Snyder. Visionary director Zack Snyder was quoted at, at like during the press run of the Watchmen of. I don't think I could ever do like a true superhero movie. I think that like being superhero superheroes like Superman and Batman I could never do. This is like my superheroes. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You were in charge of DC's extended universe that sucks so much dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how much. do you change your mind from being and like I I'm sorry, like I was super pumped for I love Batman movies. I was like super pumped for Bat Batman V soups. And like but I was like God, all it is is tableau and sadness, and like, like Superman is like a dick who just doesn't have any feelings. Like Superman is supposed to represent the best of all of us, and Superman was a fucking asshole. Fuck you, Zack Snyder. You can't direct people. Well, I mean, there there's all kinds of Superman stories. There's all kind of Batman stories. But to quickly summarize the whole Justice League, it was definitely super rushed and they saw the popularity of Marvel they wanted to capitalize on it uh, and e- Marvel had had plenty of time to get to Captain America versus Iron Man yeah dude they, they that, like that were was, smart they were like that was so many films in the future that it, it, it was something that we saw building up for a while meanwhile DC was like oh shoot we gotta have our own our own rivalry. We got to have our own extended universe. I mean, like, why? And so they they, like, they were quickly rushed into. See, I, I I blame Christopher Nolan on this because Christopher Nolan uh, uh, used a lot of dark tones in his Batman trilogy, and they were like, "Who's the darkest of the tone directors?" Zack Snyder. He did Watchmen. Did you see Watchmen? That was okay. Uh, loved his uh, pinch. Pinche for like crappy music also and horrible musical cues, but um but yeah it was fine Rorschach's cool um but anyway I I just he ruined DC for me like he made me like just won't like he it was like going to watch a DC movie during the Zack Snyder era was like going to do homework for punishment it was like you're gonna write a six thousand word essay about why gods among men are, like, not cool. Dude. I hate you, Zack Snyder. So, keep going. I I don't don't want to go too far in it, because, I mean, we're talking about Dawn of the Dead. We're not talking about... We're not talking about... We're talking about Zack Snyder in general. (laughs) But it... 
I think it is what a, about, a cultural thing. Like, Marvel made it where it is men becoming gods, except for Thor. Yeah, because he's like straight up. Oh. But now he's like, Thor guy becoming a bro. He, he's such a bro that it does. he gets the same arcs as everybody yeah. else. He's just already a god. He's just like god bro. But it's so relatable. Meanwhile... You know, Superman is probably one of the hardest heroes to write for just because of his power and status. Yeah, he has, like, all the powers. He has super semen. He can, like, shoot his semen projectile and murder somebody with it. I think that was actually a... Yeah, I think it was I think that was actually a canon thing. Like, he couldn't have... He couldn't fuck a girl because he'd fuck their vagina off or something. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Superman. <laughs> Poor Lois Lane. There, there is weirdly a pretty large amount of comic book stuff that is about like them not being able to have babies. Yeah, yeah, and like the, I'm sure there's deviant art and stuff too. That's pretty gross. Right. Um, probably just like Lois Lane's innards like imploding um, with Superman's giant super dick. But so. anyways, the same kind of hollow <laughs> characters that you get in Zack Snyder's recent films are all traced all the way back to his debut with Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. 2004's Dawn of the Dead. I I'm going to like take you back to 2004, okay? Slap bracelets were all the rage. Um people were like wearing that great hairdo the Jerry curl and and we were eating um uh, Snickers and drinking Surge in 2004. Um I'm pretty certain that's correct. Um but anyway, I remember going to see it. I, I was super pumped about it because the commercials looked good. And, and like I said, that was like during the zombie craze. Like everybody wanted to see zombie movies. Well, now. I may have been part of the Because I, I did wonder. I, I don't remember when I saw this movie the first time. I saw it. I watched it on YouTube. Back when YouTube, people would post like part one, part two, all the way to part nine. I watched the entire Dawn of the Dead on YouTube. Uh, without my parents knowing. <laughs> sorry, Mom. I'm sorry about that. That, that You had to work, watch a really bad movie in parts. Well, as a kid, I thought it was fantastic because yeah. I had seen uh, brief clips of Night of the Living Dead, you know, the, the original... black and white or the color? Yeah, the black and white. Yeah. And seeing the zombies from there, which, you know, I it was very clear that these are just people with makeup on. They're yeah. just kind of walking weird. Yeah. But when I saw this film on YouTube, it was like, whoa, I've never seen zombies like this they before. They move super it, fast. And at least from how it perceived to me, it was as if this film was the pre what I I the precursor or what really started this huge zombie phase. Yeah, that went. I mean, on we we wouldn't have trained to Busan in Korea, right? Yeah, if South it wasn't Korea. for that type of stuff. And like, and like they take that and up the ante. You know, I mean, twenty eight days later, like there's a lot of really good zombie films because inherently, all of us can say, "What would you do in a zombie apocalypse? How would you do it?" And it's very real and human to go places, hunker down, or try to escape and try to travel and try to get away from whatever's chasing you and i think that that's you know that was what like at the very beginning of this movie that's what was well done and i was like man if this could just continue this way i would 
be very grateful because that's what 28 days later did because he wakes up in the hospital shits no one's around things are confusing and it's just a it's a constant travel film where they're going place to place to place to to try to get away or to find safe haven while this one it starts out that way and then steamrolls right into a mall which none of us care about and in 2004 Honestly, malls well, weren't a thing. That, I can't. Much of I thing. can't say that it had anything to do with the mall because I have seen the original, and the original Dawn of the Dead by George Romero is fantastic. Yeah, well, that's uh, different. That and was... it, it really once you compare the two, it really shows the faults of Zack Snyder as a visionary di- director. Yeah, as a director. Uh, I do know this film was pretty well received yeah. when it came out uh it was very successful it grossed 102 million on a budget of 26 million which is like paltry no that's like nothing that's crazy how much it can make <laughs> yeah. you know which i mean maybe that's why i mean that's you know you're he he can do a lot with green screen this is more practical i think than any movie he's ever done though. but so uh, a lot of what people do like about this movie are about makeup, uh, is about the editing at the time, which is super dated now. Yeah, it sucks. But I, it's hard to put me in the the shoes of back then because I probably it had that same kind of soft editing. Yeah, but, I mean, I think people liked that when the first saw came out. Maybe they got kind of tired of it towards the later. Saws. I mean, the quick cut, uh, loud music stuff was not my favorite of any genre. I just wasn't a big fan, but it was around, especially in the early 2000s. But, I mean, th- this has very much that same style, so it's a very modern uh, looking and sounding and yeah, feeling film. It What it lacked in substance, it may tried to make up in style, but it didn't succeed too much in that either. So, But the makeup effects were good, although a bit haunted housey for me. For some things. Um, but I just, like I said, I, I just despise this movie. Uh, like, it's crazy how, like, a couple of years, like, 2004 is when I saw it, and now we're in 2021, and, and as I've grown up, I realize that some movies aren't very good, and my dumb 2004 brain was not smart enough to see through it. It just was something different at the time. But well, I think we need to talk about the plot. Now, I'm going to go ahead and preface this. Uh, this podcast with a warning. I was real drunk when I watched this. <laughs> like, super drunk. I, <laughs> all my memories of this movie now are very fleeting, and most of it was all through disdain. So Michael's going to take a little bit of the lead, and, and as he brings that stuff, I'm going to try to re- see if I even remember it. Don't worry. I, I think as I tell you the plot, yeah. Then I've seen it, it'll start. I've seen back. it multiple multiple times. It's, it's not like I haven't seen it twice. <clears throat> I've seen it a couple of times. So, anyways, after finishing a long shift as a nurse at the Milwaukee County Hospital, Anna returns to her suburban neighborhood and her husband Lewis, caught up in the date night. Ooh, sexy, sexy time in the shower. Yeah, kissing they, in the shower. They miss an an emergency news bulletin. Yeah, because coming's more important than the emergency. 
The next morning, a girl from the neighborhood enters and kills Lewis, who immediately reanimates as a zombie and attacks Anna. She flees in her car, crashes, and passes out. <clears throat> Upon waking up, she joins Police Sergeant Kenneth Hall, uh, the best character. Yeah. Electronics. Electronic salesman Michael, petty criminal uh, Andre, and his pregnant wife. Wait, he was a criminal? Mm hmm. I don't remember that part of that at all. <clears throat> I think it was just racial undertones. Yeah. Anyways. Zack Snyder. Petty criminal Andre and his pregnant wife, Luda. Uh, they break into a nearby mall and are attacked by a zombie security guard who slightly bites Luda. Three guards, CJ, Bart, and Terry. Wisconsin rednecks. Yep. They always got to have rednecks in these things. Yep. Make them surrender their weapons in exchange for refuge. They split into groups to secure them all. On the roof, they see another survivor, Andy, who is stranded in his gun store across the zombie-infested parking lot. During this time, a broadcast from a television features a group of cops... Features a group of cops burning the corpses of zombies and instructs the viewers to shoot the zombies in the head to kill them quickly enabling the survivors to prioritize headshots for the zombies from now on, which their aim was impeccable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would, would you would think these people <clears throat> just spend most of the day at the gun range. I mean, like, all these people who have never probably touched a gun I, before. I get the cop. Yeah, I know uh, the cop. At least and maybe some, one someone of the security guard. Aim, but, maybe. I mean, anybody that held a gun, they were they perfect were, headshots. They dominated any Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like, in, like uh, in their MacGyver ability to weld and, and use propane bombs. And I was like, y'all y'all, y'all been watching a lot of TV. or, or that, I mean, they didn't have the internet, so they couldn't look up this stuff. I just... Uh, I wasn't a good husband, but I was a, I was a good welder. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a great husband, but I'm a, I'm a good propane bomb maker. The next day, a delivery truck carrying more survivors enters the lot, pursued by zombies. They include Norma, Steve, Tucker, Monica, Glenn, Frank, and his daughter, Nicole. It's nice having a movie with English names that I can read. True, <laughs> train true. That's, yeah, Train to Busan was a little rough. We had to give them English like character and monikers. <laughs> yeah. Another woman is too ill to walk. She ba she practically came in looking like a zombie. She was a zombie. Like if you are dumb enough to say this woman isn't a zombie, you I mean like that's the problem with this. Like everybody that ended up turning into a fucking zombie always looked like a fucking zombie. Shoot him immediately. Yeah. Dump her ass out off the roof. She's a big woman. She's you maybe kill a couple of. But them. She she is wheeled inside only to die and reanimate. After she is killed, the group determines the disease is passed by bites. Luda keeps her bite a secret from the group, though, and Andre knows. Frank, who has been bitten, elects to be isolated. When he reanimates, Kenneth shoots him. Kenneth and Andy start a friendship by way of messages written on a whiteboard. Romance buds between Anna and Michael and Nicole and Terry. Mm -hmm. When they're power goes out, a few of the survivors go to the parking garage to activate the emergency generator and find a friendly dog who is adopted by Nicole and named Chips. Zombies kill Bart, forcing the others to douse the zombies in gas and set them ablaze. Meanwhile, Luda, tied up by Andre, dies before giving birth. She reanimates and Norma kills Luda. 
This makes Andre snap. He engages gunfire with Norma, and the two kill each other. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm, just, I'm remembering. How dare you kill this zombie wife of mine? And this baby's gonna live and be a baby and and not try to bite me. And then they they're like blasting each other, and I'm like, y'all couldn't like sit and talk about this? Like, yeah, time. There's plenty of time. Uh, I just, I couldn't help but laugh just thinking about this scene because honestly, this should be a really impactful a, impactful moment because Andre and Luda's relationship could have been one of the backbones of this, but it was of this movie, and so. It, it wasn't treated very well, but it's still, you know, done done properly. It could have been pretty emotional. But in this encounter where they start shooting, they just have this, like, it's like I don't white know. flashes on the screen and, and cutting back and forth. It's not, and like, it's not just, like, one quick shot or anything. It's like a, it's a shootout. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, <laughs> so, like it's like five foot away social distancing shootout. Like, it's like, and then, like, they try to make you feel bad that Anna, the nurse, has to blow this baby's brains out. But I was like, good. Blow that zombie baby's brains out. I was like, yeah, finally something good. So... The others find a zombie baby in Andre's arms delivered after Luda's death, which they kill reluctantly. The no, gr- there was no reluctantly. They fucking shot that baby for no... They were like, bam, done. And then they went and got some damn Krispy Kreme or something from downstairs. Like, the, the, none of these people, no matter... There's no emotional resonance in this movie. It is all selfish, surface assholes and they try to play off that one does this and one does that, and they, they have a change of character. No, they all suck. It's, the, it's like a, a treasure trove of cocksuckers. Yep. So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the group decides to fight their way to the marina and travel on Steve's yacht to an island on Lake Michigan. They reinforce two shuttle buses from the garage for it, welding a snowplow, attaching metal bars and chains, as well as stocking chainsaws, propane tanks, and road flares. To rescue Andy, the the group straps supplies onto the dog's Chips and lowers him into the parking lot. The zombies have no interest in him. Chips enters Andy's store safely, but a zombie follows and bites Andy. <clears throat> and then they have like this, like, you've never seen Andy talk. You know, and then they have this like, hey, hey guys, I wish I could have talked to you sooner, but uh, I think I got a little bit of a nick. Not feeling too good here. I feel like I want to eat brains, and uh, uh, I think I'm gonna. And I'm just like, oh, God, I hate this. <laughs> what? Well, I love thinking about that. It was a walkie-talkie, yeah. so he had to keep pressing the button. Yeah, he's like, the, uh, the zombie's still talking on there, just to roar into it. And he's like, Hey, uh, guys, what kind of music do you like? I just wanted to ask you that. I couldn't write that on the whiteboard. So dumb. <sighs> <clears throat> So, pursuing Chips, Nicole crashes the delivery truck into the gun store where she is trapped by a zombified Andy. A group of them reach the gun store via the sewers, kill Andy, and rescue Nicole. They grab ammunition and go back to the mall. Along the way, Tucker breaks his leg and CJ shoots him out of mercy. Yeah, there was no mercy involved. It was like, fuck, I got him. Once inside, they are unable to lock the door because Steve temporarily abandoned his guard duty. Fuck Steve. Zombies storm the mall, forcing an evacuation via the buses. While navigating the city, 
Glenn loses control of his of a chainsaw accidentally. <laughs> that was the worst part. Accidentally, I was like, stop cranking it. Stop like pushing the button. You're you're moving all around. Accidentally killing himself and Monica. In the <laughs> chaos, the their bus crashes. Steve tries to flee on his own, but is ambushed by a zombie. Anna kills the zombified Steve and retrieves his boat keys. At the marina, CJ sacrifices himself so the others can escape. Michael, after revealing a bite wound, kills himself as Anna, Kenneth, Nicole, Terry, and Chips flee on the yacht. Footage from a camcorder found on the boat shows the group runs out of supplies, arrives at an island, and is attacked by a swarm of zombies. The camcorder drops, leaving their fate unknown. But they died. They pretty Everybody much knows it. That's like every like hallmark of George Romero. Is that like most of the time, the hero is dead at the end anyway. They don't know. Uh, they don't know he's not a zombie. So they're like, boom! I'm gonna blast that guy. But the like okay, so so the movie starts out with the best part, which is a uh, calm, normal hospital day for a- Anna. She what? she's right. That's her name, Anna. The so the the girl's name yes. Yes. Uh, the the nurse. The nurse Anna. Anna, who's, the, who's the, my the favorite character. character because I like her in general. She's like a Bobo Catherine Heigl without the bitchness to her. Um, but. She starts out her day. She's working a double. She's tired. Um, they kind of preface like a uh, patient coming in that's crazy or is that weird, and he wants to get scans and different things. And it, it starts off with that shot of a skull, and they're kind of they're kind of like showing oh something's wrong with this. So she finally gets off of work and she drives home. It's very calm and relaxing. And instead of listening to the warnings that pop up on the radio, she shifts it to top 40 and listens to some bullshit songs that Snyder picked. And um, finally makes it home. And she talks to the little girl outside who's roller skating saying, hey, I can roller skate backwards. And it's like, great, good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Like, where are your parents? And um, they're, they're zombies. They're not zombies yet. We don't know that. We don't, well, we don't. The know. next time we see the girl... So then Anna comes, Anna comes in uh, to her house, and there's her husband laying there watching TV, and then they start getting a little naughty, and then they have a steamy make, shower. Make sweet, sweet love in make the shower. Make sweet shower sex, which we all know is comfortable and not, not, not comfortable. And, um, and then they lay down for a, a, a nap after they all, you know, cummed inside each other. And so um, they get woken up. And immediately the husband or the boyfriend is like, hey, that's the girl from next door. Are you okay? And she comes into the light and she's covered in blood and does what any human being does. Make sure that she's okay. Well, unfortunately, um, she rips out of his jugular vein. And um, and shit gets crazy from there. Now, the reason why Anna is my favorite character, she always grabs the keys. She sees stuff happening. She's on her feet. She goes... I gots to get out of here. I'm grabbing keys. She she's definitely probably the closest to what the normal yeah. viewer at, at least what we think we would be. Yeah. You know, God. everybody wants to say like that's so dumb. I would do this. You don't actually know. You you probably be dumb as hell. You'd be oh, dead, I would you'd be dead in the probably. beginning. Yeah, they would he would have bit me and I would have been dead. But, but she's at least the closest to what you think. 
you would, that do. You would be. So she like gets she. It's a really cool scene. She gets kind of pushed into the bathroom and like slams into the shower. Um, and then like the then the most hilarious shit happens when she's like, gotta get the window open, get it window open, and I'm like, the latch, the latch. Have you ever opened a window before? And so. He, like all of a sudden the noise stops in the room and she comes out and she's like Steve or whatever the hell his name is and then bangs on the door and she goes oh the latch and opens the window up and falls out gets in the car and chaos is happening all around her and she does what any normal person does is obey traffic laws and stops behind a bus that's stopped with people murdering people inside of it and <laughs> instead of like getting away she just stops and watches and then the bus driver tries to rip her out she crashes Boom passes out. Zack Snyder intro, crazy religious things mixed with teeth and blood and God, I hate this guy. But uh... <laughs> yeah, the the actual credit intro uh, is pretty cringy. Cringy, real cringy. It's like blood moving and teeth gnashing and religious things. I don't get it, but um, so it starts. She wakes back up after the intro, and Ving Rhames is there, who is Michael's favorite character. He's also the, probably the most level-headed and normal of any of these characters. He, he actually has a heart. Um, and they run into Andre and Michael and Luda. And then they decide to go where any of us want to go. The mall. Why? In the 70s, when George Romero did... Dawn of the Dead that was a take on commercialism like even consumerism sorry consumerism even though they're zombies they still go back to the place where they're wanting to spend their cash or where they're wanting to which the film the this remake mentions quickly they're like why is everybody coming to the mall yeah they're like it's like it must a be their memories. Yeah. But it's like that that plays no part in it. Meanwhile, at least in the George Romero, that the whole like them acting somewhat on their memory still plays a part in the story. Yeah. And and, uh, and they just wanna they wanna like shoehorn it in, but the truth is they needed a place where a couple of survivors could survive and and have very generic stores to go into. Um, I, I my favorite is Reflex Sports. Like I love the names of these stores. They're so boring. Um, but um, like positive wise, what's the most positive thing you can take out of this movie? Well, I I actually like when this movie does. Uh, veer away from the original because all that time in the mall it really felt like they didn't want to be there yeah (laughs) like like as far as filming it was so boring the pacing was terrible i mean like like that uh that moment with andre's daughter uh leading up to that it had no lead up and once it happened it happened, and then they just moved on. Yeah, there's very, no thought. Very quickly. Yeah. It, and so what I liked the best about the movie was later in the film when they started getting a little crazier. And yeah. since these characters are just cardboard, they're nothing. They're air. They're bottles of water. 
and, and and like, but they're they're supposed to be caricatures of all of us. They they're supposed to represent most most of mankind. You know, most of the different races, most of the different ideologies. And um, <clears throat> but it is it's very shallow. There's not a lot to really focus on when it comes to like analyzing this from a character perspective because the characters weren't very good and the acting was okay but everything was very dramatic as in like soap opera dramatic and and it it didn't resonate with me at all like it never like i never once cared if any of these people survived and i like how almost any death happened and this this actually probably in some ways could be props to the film almost any character death was due to their selfishness um, and doing doing stupid things based on their selfishness, yeah. like wanting to leave someone behind or or drive the or, van over to get a dog. Yeah, you know. But like that led to my favorite part of the movie, which is the sewer scenes. Like the fact that they had to go underneath to get to the gun shop, load up, and then get back while fighting off all these people. It started a chase, which I really, really enjoyed. In fact, that was probably the best part of the movie for me, was that chase scene. And I was like, <clears throat> the whole time I was watching, I was like, what are they doing? Like, Why aren't they, what's going on? And then and once so, I realized, oh, no, they're back at the mall, I was like, okay, cool, cool. Okay, so now they're going to get into the vehicles and go. And like I said, that really, that deviated a little bit from the original. Where but, the, the original ended, uh, there was a biker gang that... Like they, these people had pretty much made a semi comfortable life in this, in this mall. Not saying they would stay there forever, but uh, that that's kind of part of the message that they're how comfortable they got just staying in, around yeah. all these products and companies and all that. But so this biker gang comes and they try to take over the mall. Uh, thus, ended up letting zombies in ruining the whole thing our heroes at least some of them escape end of movie uh where this movie about three quarters of the way through maybe two thirds of the way they start leaving the mall and that's when i liked it a lot it gets better i liked it a lot more and it I think it has more to do with their their set pieces. It is a little more exciting. It is an agency. It changes the agency of the characters, and I think that that's and then you really start rooting for the characters because they become action heroes. You know, it's not boring cardboard cutouts. These are these are people that are doing badass. Things. Well, and that and that scene of them going through the sewers, going to Andy, because Andy, Andy and Kenneth, the cop their relationship was the most developed in a way because yeah. you could really you could really sense that these people are making the most of their bad situation yeah and you could feel like a a bit of a kinship bonding and a, and a connection and some heart in a film that has none and so yeah even though the only way they ever spoke uh, was through these signs, except for at the end with the walkie-talkie, hey, which Andy. again should have been a great moment. They finally get to actually speak to each other, uh, only for their time together to be ripped away. Could have been very emotional. I'm pretty sure The Walking Dead has done a, something similar that would 
and they did it really well. But hey, uh, get a zombie nipping at my heels. I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to meet in person. Uh, it, it it just and then by, like by the way, you you really suck at chess. Yeah, yeah, you're not very good. Um, and then like when they get into the gun shop, and then Andy is zombie Andy. Then it's like. Right, let's kill him and let's move on. No, no tear shed. No thought provoked. It's just back to it. And then I understand they're also fighting off hordes of, of flesh eating zombies who are ready to pounce on them, and they've got to get out. But but I I do think that that by far is the best. Now, like I feel like the mall scene. Like I I feel like the the characters that initially in, interacted that was fine, and then they ended up bringing another busload of people in to bring other false relationships or try to add to other relationships to different characters. They just wanted to bring fucking Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, I mean, the two zombie-like people that walk into that that damn mall, and you're like, the fact that you have not blown these people to smithereens now, it just it just blows my mind. And Like, the, the woman in the wheelbarrow. Well, now, hey, we watched Train to Busan. Train to Busan. And that had... Train. A very similar. Train to Busan is I I give it more free reign because of it being a foreign language film. Like I, I feel like I, a lot of stuff I I didn't understand about that movie I lost because of uh, being an American. But then I look at a movie like Dawn of the Dead, who which you know does not have similar. I mean, it shares a lot of the same DNA, fast moving zombies. Stuff like that, but but like I I always said, well, if I didn't get that part, it's because this isn't an American movie. But then I see my American version of it, and I'm like, I don't get any of this because this is not this is nothing but it's supposed to be a thrill ride with a little bit of emotion added into it falsely to get you invested in characters that never happen and nothing. And I guess I guess that's my biggest my biggest complaint about Zack Snyder in general, and that's why we talked about other movies he did. I never feel he has a good grasp on his actors and his characters. I think that the only reason like Watchmen worked was because you had like a Patrick Wilson who's just inherently, you know, charismatic. You had some other people in there that are just very good. If it wasn't for them, well. Watchmen at least worked in some way because the the flawed assholeish nature of most of the characters yeah. in the film was part of the story. Yeah, but you had you know, but who, you had who watches the Watchmen. Yeah. You had Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you had a bunch of good actors. The 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 point is they were able to push through Zack Snyder's directing and and bring out characters that you cared about. And that's by far uh, probably my favorite movie he he has made. Three hundred. Uh, I I like Gerard Butler. I do. I I I really uh, get a little bit of a thrill watching some of his shitty movies. But like that wasn't a very good movie in my opinion. It looked good, but like I'm just not into like. I did. Sorry. I I did like the musical stuff. I know we talked about that before. I did like the musical montages. I did not like the montages. What? Of, which one? The down with the sickness or the? Well, I I've good already come mi- on get down with the sickness. I've mentioned before to you that I'm not a fan of these these covers of songs that are like take. I, I'm not saying taking it to a whole different genre, but that kind of tongue in cheek like 
oh, there's a lot of violent stuff, and we've got this pretty dark song because you know this was a heavy metal song, and we're, yeah. we're doing a little, a little jazz, jig, a little you know? jig with yeah. it, yeah. snap it, come on, and, get down with us, and it's just it it doesn't do it for me. I think uh, I, I was a Breaking Bad fan. I I, I appreciate montages to pass time, and I think that's better than having to watch all that. <laughs> well, you know, now I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad. Uh, watching Better Call Saul now, uh, which is also so far fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I unfortunately I stopped at like four. I gotta continue watching it. But um, I I think it really is just when when it is used, how is it, how it is used, and what it's uh, what the music represents. The music in that didn't make me feel anything as far as any kind of well one that was like the beginning yeah music I think no I think I was in the middle was that was that, that was the showing, music from when they were just messing around yeah that the was them messing around and they were like like what's her name was spray painting the walls and then like later on then the other montage is like oh everybody's using their skills and she's like spray painted the snow plow and all that kind of stuff yeah but, I get I guess thematically it does match with it it just it didn't click with me because it i mean it is like a dark song with a happy tone it's hollow uh, it's still so hollow they they still have a um you know there is a zombie apocalypse so they're in a a dark time but they're they're making the most of it but i think with the fact that i didn't care about these characters <laughs> just just made it to where yeah, it, yeah again, it just didn't click. It just it's it's crazy like that we can come in here and talk an hour and a half about the Invisible Man, and we could talk almost an hour and a half about Hereditary. These movies that are polarizing, and then like you go and watch a movie that just has nothing to it other than trying to mimic or copy what it did before, but a little bit better. I, I just. I, like, we got. I think it was a joke we started deciding to do Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yes. I, I, I was drunk at that point. You were he drunk was, watching the movie. I was drunk. Yeah, at the he four locoed it, and then I was loco watching it. But it, it. I'm glad that we got it out of the way. I'm glad that we got a Zach because I hate Zack Snyder, and I'm glad I got to make fun of him a little bit. You know, but. Truth be told, for a directorial debut, I mean, it was strong. It came uh, came under budget, and then it, it ended up making a ton of money. Probably pushed the zombie plague that we all watched and loved during the mid-2000s. So, like, you know, you can't deny, like, sometimes movies come out at the right time they may not be what you wanted and they may be they may have faded more as time has progressed but it is still a hollow shell of a movie uh, honestly i think this film has a lot in common with like like avatar yeah where nobody really remembers it it's like uh, and not talking about the last airbender we're talking about blue people like, yeah, you, we're, we're talking about guy with no legs. What was the main legs. character's name? Guy with no legs. <laughs> Fucking Jason. J- was it Jason? Jake? I don't know. I, I I could care less. Like, and that's and that's like ba- a basic manly white guy name. Uh, 
the only thing I, rem- I that I know about the the main female lead the the main blue person <laughs> is uh she, you know she's in a lot uh she's in like Marvel and there the and that's the thing though it's one of those movies that at the time was a huge thing I mean, but the highest grossing yeah but it, it technically never, took the rain back because they re-released the film well which look is look you can you can say whatever you want about Avatar the point is it has not it has not aged great gracefully in the time frame and, and no one has nostalgia for it you know I tried to whenever it came out on DVD we got the DVD we got the special DVD. And uh, came with 40 minutes of extra stuff. Oh, man, that sounds We tried horrible. watching it. It was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Someone, like, like my ex-wife was like, have you seen Avatar? And I said, no. And she goes, why? Why do I want to see Fern Gully? I've already watched it. And uh, she goes, ha, 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 ha. Well, let's watch it. So we start watching it. And I'm like, I hate this movie. And I can't tell you nothing about it except for the guy didn't have legs. And that's like the big fucking deal. Now I'm the blue man with legs. And where's the genitals? Where are their genitals? Well, they, How do you have babies? They had them covered. They weren't naked. Never, there's no genitals. Oh, well, you, you don't know that. He could have had a, a massive blue cock. I mean, I would hope if, if I someone made me an avatar, I would just have the biggest blue cock. Period. But regardless this is once again films don't some films don't age gracefully and Dawn of the Dead is one of them uh, like I said I, I'm not a Zack Snyder dude never will be he has let me down on almost every movie he's done and uh, God I hope we pick better movies from now <laughs> well I think like, like I said before the, this film was well received then uh, not like super well received but pretty much everything positive people had to say were on its editing its effects um and its general tone Uh, and i feel like most people were thinking mostly of the beginning of the film uh, yeah which 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 even you know the creator of the original george romero uh he said the film was better than I expected. The first 15 to 20 minutes were terrific, but it sort of lost its reason for being. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that that really sums up Yep. the movie. The movie is that. George, George Romero was correct, and um, I'm glad that we're over this chapter of Cascare. <laughs> um, but uh, would you recommend this movie to anybody? Honestly, I probably, well, okay, I'm totally for, like, preserving film for history. Uh, I think there is some worth in this film, if anything, for seeing what may or may not have started the zombie boom of the, the 2000s. But, you know, 28 Days Later was really, like, the one. That was, like, the movie. Well, which came out first? I feel like it was this, then 28 Days Later. But I do think that 28 Days Later was a... Maybe it wasn't. Maybe 28 Days Later was before then. 
I, I don't know. That's why I can't say it as a fact that this is what started the boom. But I just know at this time, uh, every video game was putting zombies. I mean, Call of Duty started their zombie Left stuff. Left 4 Dead Soon, was a great game. There were so many zombie games. Dead Rising, Left 4 Dead, yep. uh, Dead Island. It was Dead Rising uh, uh, mocked and parodied this type of thing in a mall. So, I mean, like, you can't... But that I think a lot of that is the George Romero version. But, um, you know, uh, what's the better remake? Evil Dead or Dawn of the Dead? <laughs> that, that's, no, that's no question. Evil Dead's amazing! Oh, so good. I wish we watched that again. Um, well, I, I, I think I would recommend this to people that just necessarily aren't horror fans, but like action movies. It, it was more of an action movie than a horror movie. Um, there's a lot of bullet casings and slow-mo and fast-mo and weird editing. I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you like, you know, weird musical choices, you know. I'll say, I, I generally use my fiancé as my gauge to how a the average consumer watches yeah, yeah, this film. Because like, yeah. I, I did go to school for film, and I'm generally, I mean, me and Campbell are both... Uh, kind of, we can be harsh on films. Yes, we're we're very critical. Um, we wouldn't have a podcast if we weren't somewhat. Critical. I mean, yeah, we uh, would, if so, we were slobbing knobs of everybody in Hollywood. So, like we mentioned when we did Hereditary, how Hereditary uh, people were kind of confused by it, which I mean, they're kind of supposed to be. Yeah. That's what's so great, great about great the movie, movie. Yeah. but. So Shauna, my fiance, did not like that film. And it's like, okay, maybe she doesn't like Elevator Horror. We watched The Conjuring. She loves The Conjuring. Uh, that still scares her. She break, it almost breaks my hand. Very at that, accessible. At that jump scare. Yeah. Factory. With uh, at that jump scare with the the cabinet. Yeah, the uh, very obvious old woman in makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so again with this film. She liked this film. She thought it was a lot of fun. And, I mean, to be fair, it its highs are pretty yeah. pretty high. Action I, I thought good. I thought once it, they left the mall and they started, you know, going to the gun shop, traveling the sewers, yeah. uh, getting those buses and going out and having this, like having their chainsaws come out the side. Yeah, that was of cool. It. I thought that was all very cool, and I think that's where uh, Zack Snyder should have taken it from the beginning. Not stick so close to the original. Just get a bunch of characters and get them on the run. Put them on a journey. Yeah, on the run, which is what you you don't need to stay like stasis in a movie like this. You need to, especially like slow moving zombies. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with staying in one spot. But these fast zombies, keep them running. Like, keep them going, because that's the exciting part. Well, it's clear that Zack Snyder not only can't write characters, but can't write these, like, elevator episodes uh, where, where they have to stay in a single spot. Yeah, Smucker Bunch. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible movie. I... 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 I there's so many more <laughs> great movies and good directors out there that don't have that fucking moniker of visionary director. And and I guess in the end that just drives me bananas. But if he didn't do 300, it probably never would have happened. But, but 
I, I just there's so many good unheralded people out there making great horror, and this is not one of them. And even in 2004, they're making great. It's horror. weird, you know how like Michael Bay is the director that people jump to. That's like the hacks. you know just just like effects and things going boom yeah. and yeah uh, and action and stuff like that. No real um, heart to his films. It's just like mechanical adrenaline yeah well when you don't and have when you it's kind of weird that people don't care. say that same way about Zack Snyder Zack Snyder is honestly pretty similar yeah uh, well when, when you have explosions and people are getting exploded if you don't care for the people exploding explosions are boring and action is boring when you don't have a heart to follow and they tried to do it with a couple of them, and Bing Rames being probably the only one that we all wanted to see live, and maybe Anna. But like I, I'm with you. Like Zack Snyder is just a hack with a moniker, and now because of internet bullies, he gets his way, and probably will always get his way, and we'll have to watch years and years of crap that he turns out because of that visionary director moniker, and. I'm just over it. Like I, I, I really was going to go get HBO Max just to watch that, but I'm kind of to the point now where I'm. I've listened to a couple of podcasts, some of our fellow podcasters out there, who are all sucking his dick over this stupid Zack Snyder cut, and I'm kind of like, you know what? Nah, nah. We're not. I'm not going to give credence to the the internet bullies that made this shit happen. Like Warner Brothers shelled out millions of dollars to make a cut that they didn't want in the first place. Well, now I'm totally, I'm totally fine with Zack Snyder releasing his own cut. I don't, I don't really care about the DC universe, so I'm not watching it regardless. It's just not, like I, I'm invested in Marvel. DC hasn't invested me from the beginning, so I'm not. Well, I like what they're I, doing just, now. I like their solo. Well, runs, now okay, you know, Joker, I mean, but I. I I said DC Universe. Yeah, yeah. I'm keeping the, that separate, which I think they are. It, yeah. I think they are kind of bringing that over. Do you think? That I think they plan the, to. Do you think that because of the Snyder Cut that they're going to try to bring it back? Because you know the Flash is going to happen with Ezra, and they're, they've got Andrew Machete, the director of It Chapter One and Two, is going to be the director of that, and it's going to be like a multiverse bullshit that that all these superhero movies are doing now. I don't know, but regardless, I just. I don't care. About <laughs> I'm very excited. Justice League. So it, I wasn't gonna watch it regardless. Yeah. Um, but I am not a fan of. Um, what's the word? Like producer interference or company uh, interference? You're thinking of um, yeah, label interference, like someone coming in from studio and interfering. Yeah, because. Saying that your movie wasn't good enough when it's your vision. And, and like 90% of that movie was Zack Snyder's vision, Justice League. And then Josh Whedon came in and added a couple of quips and a family in Russia. And then you got a shitty movie with bad CGI. And they tried, they were, I think they came out before Endgame or um, not Endgame, um, the. What's Infinity the, War. Infinity War. And they were trying to beat him with mother boxes and all sorts of stuff. And. Uh, I don't know. It was just... It, it's, it was the wrong hand to guide an extended universe. Uh, it's just very morose and sad and 
And superheroes are supposed to be heroic, not sad sack assholes. Well, I mean, I'm totally fine with sad superheroes. I'm okay uh, when or, Batman, or, when Christopher Nolan's got Batman being sad because that's just he did such a good job. I'm okay. I'm excited about Matt Watcher's version of Batman with Robert Pattinson. I, I think that's going to be good. I know we're a horror podcast and we're talking about superhero movies, but they do, you know. <laughs> it, it really is hard to. Uh, separate Zack Snyder's name from from everything, but but once that, again, he is now he is like the superhero guy for well, DC. Well, see, but Warner Brothers also has used a lot of their horror directors in these movies. I mean, James Wan did Aquaman, and now Andrew Machete's doing um, uh, the Flash one, and so so they're they're smart. They they've got these guys with a keen eye and a a, a distinct style, and they're letting them create their own worlds and I think that has succeeded somewhat Aquaman is actually pretty fun to take a ridiculous character and make him actually pretty cool uh, Flash I'm which to be fair uh, the the cool Aquaman that you're referring to was still all, all of it was still made in the comics I mean yeah, the, I know. The, the new 52 brought this new Aquaman that you know with the long hair and yeah. big muscles and badass looking calling sharks instead of fucking dolphins yeah it was like water tron it was kind of cool it was just it was different it wasn't the greatest movie but but um whether or not i i basically this if you like true horror do not watch dawn of the dead because it is not scary do not watch the 2004 yeah, dawn of watch the, the dead. initial one and watch, watch the original yeah. because it, it really even after i watched that movie far after watching this film and parts of it did affect me deeply yeah uh it its themes are very relevant even more relevant now um some of its effects you know, i like dated practical effects because uh, at least I can tell some that it's a, a tangible thing. True. Whereas, whenever the effects in this film uh, were dated looking, it was really obvious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you there too. I, I do like practical effects in horror movies, and I think that. And, but the the scene of the bikers getting eaten, and just the way that they're going in the innards of one of the bikers. I mean. Looks, looks, I still, I yeah. still think about that. Yeah, looks visceral and yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> Cat Scare Podcast. We see good movies. We see bad movies. I think we're uh, uh, going to be safe to say that this is not one of our favorites. Um, uh, what are we going to watch next week? I don't know. What are we going to watch next week? It has the it has the word it in it. I know that much. Oh uh, right, right, right. We were going to watch uh. It follows. Yeah, it follows. Um, once again, a, a somewhat independent elevated horror. Um, I think that's going to be a lot more fun to watch and a lot more fun to break down. Um, we just we like smart movies. Yeah, and this is yeah. a good movie. Yeah, it, it follows. Um, I saw in theaters and and was fairly impressed. I, I love a synth score, which it has one of the best synth sounding scores. Good acting, very timeless. Like there's not a lot of things that show you what time frame it's in. Um, it's an allegory for, um, you know, womanhood, safe sex. Uh, um, I can't wait to break it down. Well, real quick before we do go, 
because as I'm thinking about it, I don't really remember any of the characters from that movie either. But I just, I just thought to mention real quick how Dawn of the Dead... The, the big thing about it, you always have a zombie movie, but it's never actually about the zombies. The zombies are the yeah. the situation that they're in. It's about the characters in it. Uh, and so it follows, it's totally fine for having pretty flat characters because it's more about the... That movie f- is about the situation. Whereas the zombie movies are about the characters. Yeah. And so... Well, I mean, this is crazy to think about. That you... You basically inherit a curse that will not stop, no matter what, kind of like the zombie horde, that will not stop until it has destroyed you. And you can't... You're the only one that can see it. It's really great. It's a modern myth that has no true mythology. It's, it's a really well-made movie, and I know that, that we're going to have a lot more fun with it than we have with Dawn of the Dead. Um, uh, before we go, uh, I want to say fuck you, Zack Snyder. Um, we need to take that moniker off and just make you regular Zack Snyder, director of whatever movie you're doing, because it's definitely going to your head. I don't like that guy. If he was in this room right now, Slap him in his dumb, probably Jewish face. Zack Snyder, reach out to us. Uh, Command me, bro. Give you a little kiss on your Jewish face. He probably isn't Jewish. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You said it, so I was. (laughs) He probably like Schneider then, (laughs) like Schneider. (laughs) But um, anyway, I'm Campbell. I'm Michael. And this has been a short uh, cat scare. But hey, get a little bit more substance, and we'll have more to talk about. Good night and good luck.